the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Teal. We are going to talk to Jordan Bennington, the goalie for the Stanley Cup winning St. Louis Blues. Now, let me explain something. This is Very Bold Radio. I'm Steve Teal with Very Bold Ministries. We do not only radio, we put on the peanut butter bowl, the football games that we collect peanut butter to feed hungry children. I do coaches' Bible studies at a couple of different high schools here in San Antonio. I write children's books, young adult books. I do things like that, and I am the chaplain for the hockey team here in San Antonio, the San Antonio Rampage. And that is how I got to know Jordan Bennington and just come to think the world of this young man. And you are going to learn about his backstory. You're going to hear some of the Stanley Cup uh, run of how that happened, but you're also going to hear about his perseverance and his mindset. You're going to hear whether he loves to win or hates to lose. You're going to have a great time meeting him. So uh, let's listen as we get to meet Jordan Bennington of the St. Louis Blues. job by Bennington to stay in the battle. Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. I am joined by Stanley Cup winner. Wow. Jordan Bennington. Jordan, how are you doing today? Hey, Steve. How's it going? I'm doing well. It's going good uh, down here in San Antonio, but I don't have a Stanley Cup that is coming to me in the matter of, uh, what, less than two weeks or so. Um, so I feel like it's going better for you. You tell me. I mean, that's amazing. It's uh, it's been a whirlwind the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, after the the cup, I went down to Vegas to the NHL awards, and yeah, um, it's been pretty nonstop. But it's been a lot of fun, just bringing my family together, and um, you know, a lot of excitement. So now it's just a matter of planning um, the Stanley Cup party, which is taking a little bit of work. But I'm, <laughs> I got a good uh, good best friend who's who's uh, really connected around the city, and we're. I think it's going to come along very nicely, so hope, we're hoping for that. I, I think it's going to come along great because I know you know how to throw a party. I'm glad you've got some help. <laughs> and I know one of the things, and I just want to tell my listeners and our viewers, um, I just think the world of Jordan Bennington 
and uh, am so blessed and, and honored to know him. One of the things that I know about Jordan is that he loves to bring people together. You know, it's not just about him. Uh, he loves to bring people together. And I was telling him the other day, you know, I've got friends down here in San Antonio that I've been telling the story of Jordan Bennington and his rise from not just San Antonio, but going back further than that to St. Louis to winning the Stanley Cup. And so we had people cheering you along. It just, you know, you bring people together. And I just think that's really phenomenal. So I, th- I think your party is going to be the best one ever. That's my humble opinion. <laughs> well, I appreciate your humble opinion. And, uh, you know, you know the story pretty much better than, than most people because uh, we connected there in San Antonio. And um, so I'm happy. I'm happy we can do this together. Yeah, me too. And I, I want you to tell the story. And in just a minute, it's going back as far back as you're willing to go. We're catching Jordan right after a, a training session. So um, he's hungry. I know that. But we're going to try to keep him around just to tell us some of the story, even though it's becoming somewhat well-known. Man, I think there's nothing like hearing it from you. And But I want to give my listeners and viewers a little bit of a background. Um, if they're not NHL fans, if they're not St. Louis Blues fans, just to know, and if they don't know about you yet, just to know some of the background. So this is uh, this is amazing. This is, I, and I've said it to you, and I've said it to people, you know, around. Um, this is one of the greatest sports stories of my lifetime uh, for not just the St. Louis Blues, but also for you, but for the St. Louis Blues to be 45% through the season and in dead last place, 31st out of 31 teams in the NHL. That's in January 3rd. They're sitting there dead last, 15 wins, 18 losses, four overtime losses. No team in Major League Baseball, no team in the NBA, no team in the NFL has been that late in the season. In fact, no team has been even 25% into the season um, and last place and then come back and win the championship. The Blues were almost halfway through. And, okay, you know, you're my friend, so, I mean, my humble opinion, um, what happened, it looks like to me, is that January January 7th? Is that when you played against the Flyers? Yeah. Well, first of all, I didn't yeah. know you were such a stat guy. You got <laughs> all those numbers laid out pretty well. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, you know, I got in there January 7th. been waiting a long time for that first start. I've been with the organization for seven years, and, you know, I, I, they believed in me. They didn't believe in me. It came around and found myself in a, in a spot where I had to, you know, back was against the wall. I kind of had to push myself to get to that next level and, and find a way to be consistent. And I think that comes with, uh, you know, with growing up in life and, and figuring things out. So, uh, yeah, I'll just take you right to that first start and, uh, you know, in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, right? That's what they call it. <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. it. And, um, man, it was, it was a, a night to remember. Um, my dad and stepmother came in and the boys just, the boys battled, you know, yeah. um, and, and before I knew it, there was like maybe two minutes left and there was two or three nothing. And I was kind of dunk in that this is real. And, um, you know, just not only to get my first NHL win, but, uh, to have it be a shutout was a big moment. So it was a pretty exciting night. That's pretty crazy. And from there, let me give you a few more stats on the on the blues because okay. from there, I do love my stats. The stat uh, man. I'm the stat man, yeah. <laughs> the next 45 games of the regular season, uh, 30 wins for the blues, 10 losses, 5 overtime losses. 
But again, you know, Jordan Bennington, I just want to say his record for that was 24 wins and five losses, uh, one overtime loss, which was incredible. So people in St. Louis, I think they have a lot of great nicknames for you, but one of them is Jordan Winnington. And I want to say one more because I'm going to ask you to go back even further, if you don't mind, uh, and and we'll get through the season because it's just incredible. Um, And, of course, in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love somehow played Gloria, and Gloria got started. I don't don't know that story. Maybe you weren't a part. I don't know if you were out with the boys that night or not, not, but uh, that got started, I believe, then. Um, But let me say this also about Jordan Bennington, also known as Benner. Do some people call you Benny, too, or is it just Benner? Yeah, it just flops around. You know, you can play with that name a little bit. You can play with that name a little bit. Are there any other nicknames uh, that you've had in hockey besides Benner, Benny? What else? What else? You, Winnington. Uh, I'm I'm almost a straight initial guy too. JB. JB on your on your helmet. JB. Yep. Man, who calls you JB? I, I might try that out a little bit. Uh, I got called that back in uh, like high school, I'd say, and then uh, the boys kind of started calling because I had it on my helmet. So yeah, it was pretty easy. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I got you. All right. Here's uh, here's another stat. I do have my stats. You led the league, the NHL uh, goals against average, one point eight nine, and one that I know off the top of my head. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Coming in the middle of the season and then leading the NHL goals against average, but that was for a rookie goaltender. Uh, the lowest goals against since nineteen fifty fifty one. That's pretty crazy to me. And you became the first rookie goaltender to also ever win 16 games in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, And on and on it goes in Las Vegas. My wife, Chris, was not very happy that you were runner-up for the Rookie of the Year. Just I'm just saying. We know that Chris gets a little fired up about these things. And, uh, you know, I I tried to explain, well, da-da-da-da-da. And, you know, St. Louis Blues fans might catch this interview, but my wife, Chris, was a little fired up that you didn't win the uh, Conn Smythe as well. But you won the Stanley Cup, so that's pretty good. So I want to get to the Stanley Cup, and we've kind of started off with Philadelphia. But I want to ask you, Jordan, if you don't mind going back a little bit to, I mean, you're not like a 20-year-old rookie that all of a sudden shows up. You're 25 years old, and you're telling me that on and off, the Blues would sometimes believe in you, sometimes not. I mean, how far back does it go when you think, man, all right, um, I'm 18 years old, I'm 19 years old, here we go, I'm going to be in the NHL in a couple of years, and then you have to wait seven long years. I mean, take me back a little bit. Help me out. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I turned pro. I had a great final year in junior. Uh, I was goalie of the year. Yeah, And wow. things were looking up. And I uh, came to go pro, and there was kind of no room for me in there. In the NHL, well, I wasn't going to make the NHL first year. That's pretty standard. Yeah. Um, but then the HL, there was no room for me, so I got sent down to the East Coast Hockey League my first year. Okay. And uh, but like I wasn't too worried about it. You know, I think it was kind of beneficial for me to as a goaltender to get ice time, and uh, it was kind of a little bit sloppier hockey down there. So opportunity to make bigger saves as a goalie. And oh, that's interesting. Um, I was I was paired with a with a veteran, Joel Martin. He's uh, he's played, he's been around for a bit, and I got to learn from him, and it was a lot of fun. Just you know, the guys down there are just—they're just playing hockey for to live, and yeah, and just you know, it's it's more more almost relaxed because it's not as as you go higher, it's more stressful. Yeah. So um, it was nice, but you know, it also you can get lost down there if you don't take care of yourself because there aren't too many eyes on you. So okay, and do a good balance of that, and you know, I learned how to take care of myself a little bit. But um, going into the next season, year two. Uh, with Chicago Wolves, 
so I had a good year in the East Coast. I think my record was uh, 23 and 12 or something like that. Yeah. And then uh, brought it into year two with Chicago Wolves. And same kind of story. There was an older goalie, and uh, I got in there, and um, you know I had a pretty pretty good good year again. Okay. Um, you know. Do you have then, another winning record? Because it seems like you just win. I mean, I don't understand it. You just win. Well, I don't know. It's been a good 2019 so far. We'll say that. You but, say what? Uh, What'd you say? It's been a good 2019 so far. You know? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I would say it's, so. <laughs> it's funny because you know at the at the draft or at the draft and the combine when the teams are interviewing you, <laughs> a lot of teams ask you this one question where it's like, "Do you love winning or do you hate losing?" Yeah. Oh, and wow. That, and that uh, you know, I've always just been up in the air with my response there. Like, what do they want to hear? Yeah. Coming into this season um, and last season, I kind of realized that my answer is I hate to lose. Wow. And, and it's so true. Like, uh, it, it sticks with me. And, um, you know, winning's way better. The atmosphere's better. The team, the management, everything's better. But yeah, so, I don't know. But I just hate to lose. So that's yeah. something I learned along the way. And I think that's so important in life. And, you know, whether it's on the ice or off the ice, you just got to, just gotta, you know, keep believing and just find your way. You know, things aren't always going to be perfect. And, it's how you handle them. So, uh, yeah, we're getting a little sidetracked here, but I'll take it into year three. <laughs> I love um, it, man. I love it. Well, as long as we're sidetracked and then we'll go back to year three. Um, so when you were at the combine, like, and you're just like, oh, uh, you know, I should answer this how I think they want me to answer. Did you say I love to win or did you say I hate to lose? I think I said I love to win back then. Yeah. I don't really, I don't really remember specifics, but. Yeah. But you figured it out along the way that, man, I hate to lose. Wow, love that competitive yeah. drive. Okay, yeah. all right, year three. Good mindset. Yeah, it's a great mindset. Um, yeah, year three back in Chicago in the AHL, uh, same kind of story. How many years ago was this, like, uh, Jordan? What are we talking about? How many years? Sorry. I mean, uh, yeah, about what season is this? I mean, year three pro. So okay. I, this, this, this past year was year six pro. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay. So, um so yeah, so year three and four, I was in Chicago, and it, it just it wasn't as smooth. Things weren't working as well. They brought another goalie to like actually, I had two two good first years, and then kind of another guy got brought in, and uh, it was you know yeah I don't know it, it's tough because you're you're in such the same spot for such a long time. You have to oh in a way you got to find your motivation, and I didn't find my motivation. I kind of just was like settling and was like all right, just be good enough. Whereas yeah. You know, then I found myself fast forwarding to after year four, I found myself in a position where I didn't want to be because I, I was kind of just trying to get by. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I didn't get the opportunities, but at the same time, you know, you got to prepare yourself for those opportunities. And if those opportunities came, I don't know how they would have went. So, yeah, I think things happen for a reason and yeah. um, you learn. And then I kind of realized that after year four growth and then, uh, St. Louis again qualified me, so I couldn't go anywhere else. But they didn't. Long story short, they didn't have an AHL team. They were splitting with the San Antonio Rampage and Chicago Wolves. Yeah. So this this is the big. Own, this is a great story. Team. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, so they qualified me, and and they didn't really have a spot for me to play. So you know, me and Major were kind of like, "What's your plan here?" <laughs> and uh, yeah. Anyways, I I called the called the GM that summer, and I told them, I said, "Hey, listen." Um, I know my back's against the wall, mm. um, and I just want you to know, like I'm coming, kind of. Like, Whoa! I understand. All right, wait. I understand the situation. 
Mm -hmm. I want a little bit more background here. I mean, a little insight into how this works. Like, is it normal for a player to um, ring up the GM to call the GM and say, hey, I know my back's against the wall? Is that even, does that happen a lot? That people would just call Uh, the GM? I feel like that seems like it would be rare. I'm not sure if it happens too frequently, but, uh, you know, I think I was in a unique position where I kind of saw things more clearly and yeah. I realized that he, at this point I've got to be bold to, to yeah. make an impression and I knew I wasn't going to go quietly. I kind of decided that because <laughs> you know, I just after after having a couple of good consistent months of a clear mindset and some work ethic, I my perception kind of changed and I, I realized that it's kind of on me and yeah. um, so I went from there. And But that, you know, I had that phone call with him and then came to training camp uh, that year had a great training camp and was feeling good. Yeah. And then uh, exit meetings at the end of training camp that there was, they didn't have a spot for me. Wow. So, Even after that great training camp, I mean, you, well, you came as prepared I, I think, as you could I be. I think things are figured out before training camp most of the time. Ah, so, uh, ah, uh, yeah. You know, so you got to be prepared for, for what they're going to throw at you. Yeah. So, so I was prepared and I, I knew that they had an option to try and send me down to the East Coast League or, and I knew that I had the right to say no. That's amazing. And, uh, I felt like it was a step back, so I, you know, I, I kind of just shut it down. I said, hey, "No boys, uh, I'm not going to go there." Um, <laughs> no boys, then, uh, you know. So I went back to Toronto. I was there for about uh, eight to ten days. So let's just, just kinda, I mean, that's a risk. That that was a gamble, then, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, you you're, you're sitting there. Yeah. Well, this is very bold. So I mean, you're we're on the same team. This is very bold, right here, radio. That's uh, that's my thing. So. So, I mean, but it's not like just that day they're like, oh, okay, no problem, Jordan. Well, you know, let me get on the horn. Oh, oh, the Boston Bruins need someone at Providence. Okay. I mean, you go home, and that had to be a little bit, you know, you're bold, but that had to be a little bit weird sitting and waiting to see if something would happen because what if nothing happened? Yeah. So it was a uh, risk. And I love it. I was willing to wait it out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I was thankful that uh, the Providence Bruins, uh, Boston farm team uh, needed a goalie and um, I got to go there and I knew they told me my role I was going to be a backup and, and I was fine with that I was just continue to work on the on my game and you know just, just my mindset was really good I was just hungry and yeah, I just had this energy of motivation to kind of prove this whole organization wrong and uh, wow. took off from there Yes. So, so you were, I mean, you were motivated, hungry to prove the very organization that you would eventually lead to the, to the Stanley cup. Um, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a really cool story. Like not just me, but the, yeah. the whole team, there's, there's many different stories of guys, you know, coming home just to, to play with their kids because they live there and, um, recently traded guys who kind of got a bad rep around and, you know, clearly and, Obviously, do not because they're some of the best teammates I've ever played with and mm. people I've met. So, a lot of good good comeback stories around. Sure, around this, uh, and uh, it was it was something we'll always remember. And just such a good good close group of guys. And yeah, yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. And I, I still want to go back to uh, just you even being in Providence, if you don't mind. Um, but yeah, it's just an incredible story. I mean, fifty two years the St. Louis Blues had never won a Stanley Cup in all of their existence. 52 years hadn't won a Stanley Cup game. Um, and I even remember, you know, game two when you guys you, you guys won game two, right? We lost game one, won game two. And uh, I was thinking, 
man, you know, uh, they, they've got to win, uh, you know, under their belts. And then it just kept going. Incredible series we'll get to in a minute. But uh, it is an amazing, amazing story for the Blues to be in last place in January and then to catch fire and to have you in there and have you do what you do, which is win um, and lead and and be a part of the boys. Well, let, let me jump ahead. I'm, I'm jumping around. I'm allowed to. It's my show if you're good with it. Um, when you, when you came up to St. Louis, uh, I mean, and, and I was looking through my text the other day when you were talking about, Hey, I'm, I'm actually up in St. Louis, you know, what, what was it like for you? I think when they first called you up, they still had, uh, the two goaltenders. And so you were kind of the third guy, right? Uh, no. So they ended up putting the backup, um, with the blues names, Chad Johnson. Okay. Okay. Um, ended up putting him on waivers which is uh, so any team can pick him up and then oh. uh, Anaheim pick him up. Oh, I got it. Okay. I got so then it. He was completely out of the organization. Okay. So that was kind of a nice play uh, for us young guys. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, there's a little bit of the doors open a little bit. You know, you see a spot and then you got to get up there. You got to hope to make a good impression and um, go from there, right? Yeah. Well, what was it like as uh, as a rookie going into the going into the locker room, going into the team? I mean, what's the approach like uh, if somebody's going into a new situation and you've got these other guys that have been fighting and battling and you're just you're coming on the scene and you want to help the team win? Um, I mean, what was your approach? Because you always seem to have the right mental approach to these situations. It's kind of remarkable to me. I don't know if it's just a sense you have as how to best play it, but what was what did kind of role did you take? Well, I, you know, I, I knew my role was the backup and uh, Jake Allen was the starter and, you know, Jake Allen's been incredible to me, so I have nothing oh. but respect for him. And, yeah. Um, so I was really, I was just working hard in practice and, and those were kind of like my games in a way and uh, yeah. trying to push the boys, be a good teammate. I knew that the locker room, it was, things weren't going well, so I tried to, you know, just bring positivity and, and good energy. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then at the same time, I... If I got an opportunity, I was completely switching my role into having the presence and trying to be part of this, the solution and try and lead the team the way I do. And right, um, you know, so it's just a matter of patience and and good timing and good fortune and preparation. Right. Yeah. Well, let me ask you because I even saw a quote in the St. Louis Post Dispatch uh, when you were called up, just that you know you wanted to make it fun for the boys. Um, what what does that mean to you? Like, how did you, um, you know, just bring some of that positivity? What would that look like? Well, winning is fun. You, you know <laughs> yeah, so, we agree. Um, we agree. That's one uh, one aspect of it. But even just, you know, it, it, sometimes I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the team. I'm just saying sometimes it's a little spread out. And um, so I always try to bring people together and mesh yeah. different age groups and the best way I can. Like, I'm not saying I'm I, I'm good at it. I'm just, I try, that's what I try to do. And you know, I try to get along with everyone and have little one-on-one chats in here or find it. It's just, yeah, you just feel it out, feel the situation and use your human social skills and um, <laughs> that you've worked on your whole life to, you know. Well, you've got it, some, but. you've got some great social skills and uh, I've, I've seen that leadership with you from afar and uh, it's been pretty amazing, pretty amazing to see. All right. So Backing up just a little bit, and then we'll come back uh, to 2019. But so in Providence, um, in the uh, when you're playing the HL on the in the East, then it's normally like Friday, Saturday, Sunday games. Normally, is that right? Yeah. And so you're usually playing the Saturday games. Yeah, I was a Saturday night guy. Saturday night guy, 
And so somehow, as the backup, you were playing so well, though, that you made the AHL All-Star team, right? Uh, yeah. That's incredible. How, do, how does the backup goalie become the AHL All-Star? That's amazing to me. Uh, yeah, you pretty much had to win every game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh, I, I was pretty surprised, and um, I was so honored to get that recognition, you know, after just... It was just like a little touch of recognition after how hard I've been working. And, yeah. Um, like your, the Boston and Providence organization is, is incredible there with their prospects. And, um, you know, they were just so so good to me. So I can't, you know, it was just a great situation. And uh, the team was doing well. We were in first place at the rink. I think the coach got an all-star too. Okay. If you're in first place at the time. So, um, yeah. So that, that makes me, because you probably don't know, that makes me want to go back and look at my stats and see what your record was for Providence. So, um, But that's, that's amazing. That's what you do is win. And then kind of crazy part of the story then that who do you play in the Stanley Cup? We're still getting in the Stanley Cup, but you play the Boston Bruins. So um, we'll, get, we'll get there. All right, let me back up a little bit. And our, our viewers are like, man, you're jumping all over the place. Well, like I said, it's my show. But... Um, so they're saying that the viewers are saying something. No, they're not saying that. I'm just, I'm just assuming that they're, they're listening and they're like, man, this guy. Yeah. 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 No, they, they're just excited. I got, I got a few people watching now, you know, I got some St. Louis connections, uh, watching Mm -hmm. from San Antonio. I see John Moore's watching, but a lot more people will, will be uh, watching later. But so um, let's go back to 2018 at, uh, I mean, the beginning of 2018-19. So you go to camp. Can you tell us kind of how that goes? Because obviously, as I'll share with people, at the beginning of the season, you were kind of the fourth option, it looked like, for the Blues because you were down here in San Antonio, but you weren't even the starter down here. So what was your attitude coming out of training camp for that? Uh, yeah, I went in. I had a good, good in, in team scrimmages, which yeah. is, uh, happens early on, and then it goes into preseason games. And they threw me in for one period in uh, preseason, and I was pretty, pretty pissed off or angry. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they give me one period, and wow, and then I'm on my way after you know working that hard, and wow, so it's you know that drive to San Antonio was mm. a, lot of, a lot of thinking and um, some anger, but you know it is it was what it was, and how you handle it, right? Just, you got to calm yourself down. And went to San Antonio. I think I started one of the first six games. Okay. And uh, and then I started kind of speaking up a little bit because you know, like I, it's like you know what you, you can bring to the table. You believe what you believe you can bring to the table, and nothing was kind of coming. So you know, how to meet with the coach and you know, kind of start saying my bed and um, that you know we weren't doing very well. So right, we, we needed to come together also. And uh, so I tried to be a, a positive leader and. Um, there's a lot of good guys down there, and we had a good captain. Um, so it was only a matter of time before we, we kind of came around, and then I think I went on a five-game winning streak, I believe. Yeah. And then uh, so I started, you know, turning some, getting some eyes on me and uh, continuing to work. And I think the coach kind of was like, yeah, well, we need to win games. So this is working right now. Whatever it was, the team was doing better and coming along together, so it's good timing again. But uh, then I ended up. Yeah, just to fast forward a little bit. I, yeah. I got a little ice time, and then I think after my last win in the HL, my 11th win, and I, I sent a text to someone in management with the Blues, kind of, because <laughs> I knew the Blues were struggling, and I kind of just said, hey. You did not. Like, said, hey, I'm, you know, yeah, there's a story behind it, but basically I just said, I'm ready. So, it looks, you know, I'll sum it up, but uh, yeah, then ended up. <laughs> 
going through with, with that the next day, went to lunch with a couple of the boys in Ann Ann and um, I was at lunch and I got a call from the GM and told me I was call, getting called up. Wow. So, yeah, it's kind of some cool background info there. That is, man. You know, you know, I love your stories. You know, I love your stories. So yeah, if, you're, if you got a big supporter, <laughs> so yeah, those those stories, uh, man, that is really cool. So uh, yeah, the radio show is called Very Bold, but um, you are very bold to uh, to reach out like that. I love that, Jordan. That's awesome. All right, so um, so give us another story or two. I want another story that uh, we, we don't know about yet. I didn't even know about that. What else happened uh, during the season that uh, that you can share with us, shed a little insight for us? Uh, I don't know what I got for you, but um, <laughs> just a, a lot of fun and the glorious song. Um, yeah. All that hype about the glorious song. It actually, the boys figured that one out. Uh, the Eagles were playing in Philly. Yeah. And we were playing in Philadelphia. So the boys went to this, uh, like, it was like a men's only, like, this hard knock bar and uh, just with a bunch of guys just partying, watching the game. And, uh, you know, I was a little nervous. I was like, boys, like, it's my first start tomorrow. I really got to go. <laughs> you really got to go to this place. But um, only only a handful or so went. And um, that's really, I guess, the, the boys in the, in the bar, they would throw Gloria on uh Every commercial. And oh my gosh! Yell and play Gloria, and um, <laughs> kind of caught on with the boys who were there, and um, they said, "Hey, this is our wing song from now on." And the next night, we used it for the first time. And wow! So I didn't even know. I was like, I thought it was just normal, right? Normal wing song. But uh, yeah, then you find out the more details, and there's, there's a little more to the story. But it's pretty fun, fun way to do it. And then there, there you have it again. You're bringing people from Philadelphia on on board, and um, you know they're just pumped for us and. And then watch us the whole way. So, you wow. know, I'm sure they're watching from that that uh, cool little bar they got there. Yeah, I bet that's a blues bar now. Yeah, I don't know what the details <laughs> there, but uh, it was a it was a lot of fun. Just like the whole season was just you know nonstop work, and yeah, the whole team was just really committed, and they loved we loved just hanging out with each other and being yeah. on the road was a blast. So, I think that's really important that uh, the team is really coming together to show good results on the ice. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I know you got to go eat lunch. Can you give me a few more minutes, Jordan? Yeah, of course. You got you got okay. Uh, man, there could be so much more we could talk about. But I, one of the things that comes to my mind, of course, there's the famous quote, do I look nervous? But also, uh, which maybe you can touch on, but um, also after you uh, you won the Stanley Cup and uh, I think NBC reporters got you on ice talking to you. And I thought you gave one of the greatest answers ever because he said, you know, if if someone had told you before the uh, season that you'd be here, you know, hoisting the Stanley Cup, uh, could you have ever believed it? And your answer was something I'm totally paraphrasing, but was basically, well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a believer. Not everybody believes in you. I, I, I have to believe something like that, which I thought was amazing because it's pretty easy to say, yeah, I never could have imagined this, but you really are a believer. You believe in uh, yourself and what, what's happening in your story. Yeah, you know, it wasn't always that way. I think oh. uh, so it kind of built with, with time and, and strength and meeting good people and being open to, to opportunities and other people's knowledge. And, yeah, uh, it's true. I, I, for some reason, I always believed I'd do something great. And yeah, um, hopefully I can continue to have a great influence and, uh, you know, create a, have some more success at this level in this lifetime, you know. And uh, what, were you, what was your topic before that? Uh, just asking about the, the 
Yeah, asking about the uh, do I look nervous, which is just so classic. One of the f- the greatest quotes of all time when the reporter was asking you, I, I've you know I've watched this probably twenty times now. Just him saying something like, you know, I, I know you're a calm guy and uh, you're like a flatliner out there, and he, he must have said, you know. <laughs> Do you get nervous or something? And and you said uh, <laughs> you said, do I look nervous? And he's he must have said no or shook his head. I don't know what he said, but uh, you said there's your answer, uh, which became now. I mean, you even sent me a picture. Somebody got their uh, tattoo of you like on a little motorcycle scooter, like from the parade, with the caption, "Do do I look nervous?" <laughs> which is amazing. It's uh, it's really cool seeing uh, you know people. <laughs> People do that stuff, and um, you know it makes it fun, right? It makes it entertaining, yeah. and it is an entertainment business. Um, so, uh, yeah, with, with the media stuff, I, I try to keep them on their toes too. You know, they have a job <laughs> to, to ask good questions. So, if they're, if I don't think their questions up to par, I'll, you know, I'll keep them honest, and um, and uh, yeah, I think it's good for the game. So, I'll kind of throw it out there whenever. That is great. Yeah, I love that because you can tell um, when you're having fun with the media and. One of the one of the early quotes, um, uh, or one of the press conferences I saw, and I remember I was in Colorado. Uh, my family was unfortunately we were there for uh, my father in law for Chris's dad's funeral, but um, I still we had some downtime, so we were watching one of your early games, and I don't remember if it would have been your second game or your third game, um, but you made this crazy ridiculous save where somehow the puck you catch it between your legs down uh, flat you know flat on your belly it was incredible incredible and I remember like showing my family like look at this look at this it was crazy and then after the game though um, you know one of the reporters was asking you about that and uh, what'd you think about that save or something like that and you like shot back at him you know what'd you think or something like that I just thought it was classic yeah you know you gotta keep them honest and uh that's kind of my outlook on it and I like having fun with it so yeah yeah I love you know, that then again you need to write it on your side because you know they both for trophies what they call there so uh I don't know if that went into effect there but uh you know <laughs> Well, that's a good. (laughs) That's a good idea. That's a good idea. So, um, were you uh, were you disappointed at all that you you didn't win the Calder? Or well, like we talked about, we don't like losing. So yeah, (laughs) uh, I I didn't. You know, wasn't happy with it. Um, You know, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, we'll get them next time. But right. But uh, at the same time, yeah, I'll remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Well, I'll, I'll tell you again. My my wife was feeling the. Apparently, she hates losing too because she did, she was not down with that. She was not standing for that yeah. at all. Chris always has my back. Eh? She always has your back, Jordan. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I do want to let you go. And uh, man, there, there's a whole bunch more we could have talked about, obviously, with the Stanley Cup. Um, well, just tell me this, at least. I mean, one of the things now, you know, TV and media, they go up and down. You know, if there's a great game, then you're the greatest thing since peanut butter. If there's an off game, then, oh, man, you know, what's what's the world is crashing. But you are never you are never like that. The one thing they did get right is they kept talking about, you know, your bounce back and how, you know, your short term memory, if you give up a goal or, you know, the game doesn't go like you, you want it to the next game, it just seems like you just come out on fire. And game seven was a pretty great example of that. How do you do that? 
uh, you know, as a goalie, a lot of times you either get too much credit or too much blame. Yeah. And uh, it's just the lifestyle, and, you know, I just I don't really care what people have to say. It's on me to, to perform, and I, I want to win every game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I really just don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I love my it. my outlook, you know. That's, man, that's great. That's awesome. All right, real quick, this is my last question for real. Um, and then stay on the line as we'll close down Facebook Live uh, in just a second. But um, tell me about, talk about uh, legacy, I mean, uh, that you're talking about with hockey and with your coach, your goalie coach. What, is that, what does that mean to you? Uh, yeah, it's, I think there's an opportunity to create a, a pretty good legacy. And, um, you know, people ask, where, what's your motivation now after winning a cup? And I think that's where my my uh, direction looks to is, you know, just building a legacy and just having a, a great career and bringing more success to the city of St. Louis because it's really an incredible sports city. And yeah. um, I can't thank them enough. They've welcomed me in and let me be myself. So um, I enjoy it, and I think it'd be pretty special. I mean, we can do something pretty special. So yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully it all, you know, it's not always going to be perfect, but, uh, right. you know, we can do our best. So Right, good. man. Man, that's great. Well, I'm really excited to continue to be in your corner and cheer you on. And, uh, man, just really excited. What an incredible, incredible sports stories, sports story, not just the St. Louis Blues, which is amazing from uh, worst to first winning the Stanley Cup, but Jordan Bennington, the 25-year-old rookie out of nowhere. Um, and, man, it's, uh, it's not out of nowhere. I mean, this is a part of the story and a part of the plan, and it's, it's just a beautiful, amazing, amazing story. And uh, like I said, Jordan, I think the world of you, and I, I've had the honor and pleasure to get to know you as a, just a thoughtful, kind, funny, smart leader. And obviously, uh, just incredible hockey player. But man, all those other traits is what really makes you uh, an incredible human being. So I appreciate you, brother. Rob Miller, my St. Louis Blues fan down here in New Braunfels, is watching. My brother-in-law, Mark Sihon and Pierre Richard, and a bunch of more people will be watching. Thanks for tuning in. That was Jordan Bennington. Is he not awesome? What an incredible story, and Jordan Bennington is an incredible person. Man, I cannot imagine this sports story to go from 31st place in January to winning the Stanley Cup. And don't you just love Jordan Bennington? Don't you love his story and his perseverance and how he's had to believe in himself? I really just am excited just to know this young man and to see what is happening in his life. And so uh, thank you for tuning in and catching that. We've got more great interviews and podcasts with all sorts of difference makers. So I want to invite you, encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and be sure to catch it each and every week. Hey, whatever you're doing, maybe today somebody has been trying to keep you down and you need to believe in yourself. Or maybe today you need to know that there is a God who is in charge of your life and you need to put your faith and trust in him. I want to encourage you, this is the day to do that. We talk about very bold because it comes right out of the Bible. Therefore, Paul writes, since we have such a hope, we are very bold and we do have such a hope. So I invite you and encourage you to seek God today, wherever you are, ask him, call out Jesus. Are you real? Jesus be real in my life. I want to know if that is real or not. So I encourage you. That's my very bold word to you and whatever you're doing today, seeking God or speaking for God. I invite you to be very bold. 
General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.